Napa know-how. It takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99-cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10-31-17. You are Locked On Mavericks, your daily Dallas Mavericks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into Locked on Mavericks for Thursday, September 29th. I am one of your hosts. My name is Mike Marshall. You can find me on Twitter at Machine Sports. The other host that will be joining me here in just a second is Jacob Kemp at NotJackKemp on Twitter. You can find him on the ticket in Dallas, Texas, uh, Monday through Friday, noon to 3 on Bad Radio, and then Sundays 8 to 11 on the Shake Joint if you are still using radios. Jake, how are you, sir? Doing very well. <clears throat> Doing very well. Well, we get to talk about uh, Wesley Matthews today. Um, one of the more intriguing case studies, I guess, of a uh, of a player we've had around here in quite some time. But uh, first of all, thank you for listening to Locked On Mavericks. Subscribe, uh, give us a review if you uh, if you don't mind, and uh, check out some other uh, podcasts that are on the Locked On Podcast Network. Uh, it's your team. It's every single day. If you're into NBA, there's a great Locked On uh, NBA podcast where uh david Locke will have some uh pretty special guests on there i mean he gets like kevin pelton zach harper those those type of dudes and sometimes he'll get scouts that actually work for teams um and they'll come on there anonymously and uh roll through some stuff so check that out if you've got a favorite football team i'm sure it's on here as well so uh yeah we'd really appreciate it if you uh take part in the locked on podcast network um your team every day like i said so there you go we can uh push forward now on to um some media day audio from Wesley Matthews um, signed last year uh, after the Achilles injury for um, was it four at 17 and a half was his contract Uh, max for him we obviously know the the backstory was uh, he was offered one number whenever DeAndre Jordan was going to be a Dallas Maverick (laughs) and then uh, they basically said you can have the rest of whatever DeAndre doesn't take up that ended up being the most he could possibly make. And a uh, four-year, $70 million contract was what came out in the wash. And that number doesn't look bad at all right now. Like, that doesn't bother me um, one single bit. But, um, you know, last year, if you're a Mavericks fan, it was, uh, it was a bit frustrating um, watching Wesley Matthews. And I'm sure for him, it was not the easiest of seasons. A relocation can be tough in itself. Um, but then coming off a, you know, there's, I don't think you can describe an, an Achilles, a clean Achilles tear as anything but devastating. So, I mean, he fought through it. He was kind of pigheaded about it. But uh, let's just kind of hear where he is this year at this point heading into training camp and, you know, how he feels about his health and, uh, you know, what is it, almost 16 months 
uh, or 17 months removed from that, that Achilles tear. How do you feel? I feel great. I do. I feel great. I feel like I was able to be myself this summer. Um, I know a lot of Mavs fans and, you know, Dallas in general didn't really get to see who, who I am. You know, I think they saw the fight. They saw the toughness. They saw the grit. You know, they saw all that. But everything else that comes with it, and that's the guy that lives in the gym, that loves what he does, and that continues to get better. And, you know, it was hard, I was hard on myself during the season. I was hard on myself in the summer because I didn't feel like I showcased what I can be and what I know I can be. Were you, were you disappointed with last season? You had to know coming off what you are coming off. I didn't care. I didn't care. You know, I, didn't, I wasn't going to use that as an excuse. I think I told you that <laughs> this time last year. I didn't care about that. But then I had to really look at what I had gone through, you know, the move and new team and injury and role and all that kind of stuff. And I had to be honest with myself. It was like, hey, you know, you accomplished a lot still within that year. But by my standards, I wanted to do more. I wanted to do more for this franchise and this organization. I want to win. So this summer I was really able to feel good and get back to literally living in the gym. So I think we talked about it quite a few times last season, Jake, that he just wasn't himself. That's not Wes Matthews out there. That's like some, you know, 75% um, close approximation of Wesley Matthews. And he was never going to have his legs um, the entire season and uh, didn't have a summer to build up his stamina either, which is a big player that you don't even think about. Um and he was just flat out grumpy at times yeah, yeah. because he was so pissed at himself and that he couldn't do what he usually did. And he's a stubborn kind of dude. And he was stubborn about his injury and he was stubborn about coming back too early. Um, and I think the, the, the verbiage of able to be myself is very telling in his comment. Yeah. If, <clears throat> if you just go back through some of his, uh, you know, like I like field goal um, percentage of field goal attempts by distance. Mm-hmm. He posted a serious career low for shots at the rim. Yeah. On his on his career, he averages 22% of his shots being between zero and two feet. Last year, it was a 10%. So he's seen a somewhat steady decline on that uh, in that front every year, but last year, an even more dramatic decline. And it just gums up your offense if you have a guy that, like, can't go to the rim at all. Not somebody who that's not, like, their bread and butter, but he just can't do it at all. Um, mm-hmm. On top of that, for the first half of the season, his um, his three point percentage was was just piss poor. Uh, it got better at the as the year ended. Let me, I'm trying to pull up his final twenty. I, I swear he finished like his final twenty was something like uh, like forty percent. Let's see here. Um, in his final twenty games, he was at thirty seven point three, which is not that far off from what you would expect from him. He shot uh, 39% the year before, 39% the year before that, and 13-14. If you could get him back up to 39 or even 40% if the looks are a little more open, um, then I don't think it's like that big of a deal if he's not going to the rim much, but it's it's always going to be a little bit of a work in progress with a wing player that doesn't really go to the rim. Um, and his Achilles might not be uh, like a an ender, but it's a pretty mixed bag as far as guys who have recovered for that uh, from that and you know been anything close to their former self before. Uh, so it, it would be hard for him to be worse offensively. So I, I expect him to be better offensively just with a full summer. You know, but like last year, if you just want to use per, 
which will roll, you know, several different athletic type stats in there together, like rebound rate, defensive and offensive, your usage, whatever. He's 53rd among qualified shooting guards. Wow. I mean, yeah, that's like there are only 77 qualified guys. <laughs> Surprisingly enough, there are some other guys on this list that the Mavericks, you know, we, we had heard that they were interested in like Danny Green. Uh, sure. Last year, Danny Green ended up getting a much smaller deal. But with the money doing what it did this last year, I don't really care too much about whether or not the guy is making more. Danny Green, I think, ended up getting like four for 45 or four for 50. It mm-hmm. doesn't really matter. The point is that, you know, because of the way the cap went up, you just need production. And that's a good example. I mean, basically, Wes Matthews was Jason Terry last year uh, as far as his PER. Now, defensively, it was pretty much there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I feel like um, I didn't mind his defense ever, but I always had that um, that outlier thought of okay, he's guarding outside of his position. Um, I'm sure he's wearing down at some point, and I don't like uh, Basketball References defensive rating. I feel like they use a really weird um, number, I guess number total, because everything's always higher. <laughs> so. Uh, looking at that, it's kind of odd because at one month, one whole month, he had a 118. But just judging by the the eyeball test and seeing how he was bodying people, like I didn't mind his defense at all. And I was, and I kept telling myself that, okay, let's see this defense in a year. And you mentioned no one has ever come back from an Achilles yeah. um, stronger. Uh, there's like there's like one case of someone coming back and actually being better the next season, and that was that was Neek. That was Dominique Wilkins. Which was which I don't understand how that happened. I have no idea. Um, but having a wing player that um, looks like they get vertigo whenever they step inside the three point line, like you can't imagine the ripple effects that that has on his confidence, on um, how people um, even distribute the ball to him, what plays they're confident running. Um, I just think they were playing – he in particular and the Mavericks offense was playing a bit left-handed last year. And um, for months at a time, you know, he was a 10-point-a-game contributor. Um, for a dude that I genuinely thought if the Achilles didn't happen and he comes here and he's in that same role, dude, it wouldn't have made me at any point surprised if he had been like an 18-point-a-game type of guy. Um, yeah, I mean, 13-14, he's at 16.4 the year before at 15.9. Mm-hmm. And you think, all right, well, you're going to take <clears> – <throat> instead of taking 12.5 shots a game, you're going to take 15 shots a game, and all of a sudden now you score 18 points a game. Mm-hmm. And I don't – I still don't think it's crazy to think that he can do that this year. Yeah, we'll get to um, his increased role offensively or what he thinks might be an increased role in the offensive end. But let's uh, let's wrap up some of the frustration he had. And uh, him explaining, you know, we all know he wasn't playing better, but like, or wasn't playing well, but what exactly was happening to him physically? Like what was going through his mind and what was, what was holding him back from being Wes Matthews? It was extremely frustrating. I'm pretty sure you guys saw that, you know, uh, it was definitely frustrating because I didn't understand it. I didn't really understand why I was playing as inconsistently as I was because I would go down and work out after the game or the night before the game, and I would go, you know, 100 out of 125. And it didn't click to me until, you know, after All-Star break that I was tired. 
I was tired because I played both ends of the court and I give you everything that I have every single night, but I've always done that. And I've always had a summer to prepare for that. So I didn't, it didn't click to me to realize like I wasn't prepared to play that the way that I play. And so that's when I had to start to realize like, okay, that's what this is. But I couldn't do it at that time. And I think you guys know me enough to know that I'm not going to give excuses. I'm not going to fold. I'm not going to give an inch. And I'm going to be my toughest critic. So he mentioned the inconsistency and that he would just get tired. Like his body would literally quit on him. Um, And he just didn't have it some nights because his legs weren't there. And uh, not having a summer to train is a big deal. Not having the stamina. Um, and not being able to learn what your tools are now. Like, I can't imagine. Um, but he did it to himself. <laughs> I mean, uh, he could have taken another month off and maybe been more comfortable in his role and stuff like that. But uh, he's an extremely stubborn dude that's going to go out there no matter what. Um, the usage rate, and we'll talk about this whenever we get to his, uh, his offensive role, but 17.2 out of a starting two guard. Like, you like to think what those minutes as a starting two guard in a Western Conference can be used for and what you could realistically get out of 33 minutes out of a two guard um, and, and, you know, in that offense and a team that's going to let you, you know, they're going to pander to your strengths. They're going to want you to flourish. They made Monte <laughs> an, effective, an effective player. Um, and I, I, I'll defend Wes Matthews for as long as he's here. But what he gave you as a starting point guard getting 34 minutes a game last year, it, it can't happen again. Um, and it can't even be close to that. It's got to be – I mean, you mentioned the PER. It's absurd um, what he gave them last year and how many minutes uh, his stubbornness and his frustration um, just affected his entire season. But um, they asked him about, you know, the defensive potential with, uh, with Bogut and Harrison Barnes here. And uh, we'll let you listen to that, and then we'll let you hear about uh, him being excited to guard his own position. Um, so here's whenever he got uh, posed the question, you know, are you, are you better defensively uh, just because of the additions of Barnes and Bogut? Well, I mean, on paper, we're already better, but paper doesn't really mean anything. Um, by their resume and their track record, you confidently say that we'll be a better defensive team, but we're still going to have to put the work in, and that's got to be everybody, uh, 1 through 15. But we're in a good position, and we have the foundation to be a really good defensive team. So, yeah, it basically says, you know, they're a better team already on paper, but that doesn't mean anything, which is the most uh, Wes Matthews answer ever. He did seem yeah. he did seem in a better mood. <laughs> like, all of last year, yeah. he, he was really edgy, um, and he was really cranky, and understandably so. Um, but he did seem like a, uh, a in a better mental state, Wes Matthews, and um, – Here's a quote of him basically uh, talking about, you know, defensive flexibility and, uh, you know, getting to guard two guards for the first time in Dallas. I was messing with him. I was like, I get to guard my position this time. (laughs) (laughs) I can finally guard two guards. Um, But I think it it just, not only myself, but it makes this team more versatile. And it gives – coach more opportunities to to get creative with matchups and game plans and schemes and stuff like that and gives us the ability to switch um, gives us size on on bigger threes and maybe some smaller fours you know it gives our lineup 
chances to do different things. So I don't think if we'll ever like quite know what it's like to um, run out there at an NBA court and be asked to guard uh, the other team's best perimeter score every single night and guard outside your position. But I have to imagine that's like some ring of hell um, that you get sent to <laughs> whenever you're a uh, whenever you're being punished or something. And I can't imagine doing that off an Achilles injury either. And then having to like have some semblance of offensive game. Um, right. Um, and as far as guarding his position, I mean, they're still going to be able to switch a lot, which is as a result of being able, everybody being able to guard their own position and then, you know, one more. Um, but I expect it. To, I expect him to maybe have a little bit more left in the tank at the end of the year solely by virtue of him not really having to guard the other team's best player every single night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it feels like they almost um... – they almost just gave way to him not being an offensive contributor on a night-to-night yeah. basis and sacrificed him on the defensive end and said, if you're going to use your juice, you know, whatever you got, use it down here. Use it guarding, you know, Wiggins or whoever the hell he probably shouldn't be guarding um, yeah. on, a, on a certain night. And, you know, you got to make a decision. Um, and we've bitched about not having two-way players here for – Good God, I don't know how long now, five to ten years. Um, But I feel like healthy Wes Matthews is a two-way player in the sense that he can competently guard his position. He can competently uh, switch onto bigger guys and sometimes even smaller dudes. And he's going to give you above-average production on the offensive end. But whenever you're not whole, um, that's not quite the equation. That's not how it works out. So let's hear about him – and I have a bunch of thoughts on him increasing his role on the offensive end, but let's hear him talk about it first. I'm ready for whatever. You know, I'm ready for whatever. I, uh, you train to get better. You want to get better if you have the drive and the motive to do it. And I have all that. You know, I'm excited for the opportunity that is ahead of me, is ahead of us. And I'm ready for whatever it is. And if I want to do more, then... I'm going to get my ass in the gym and prove that I can do more to help this team win. So I guess my biggest question in terms of Wes Matthews and the offensive end is, does he have to, knowing what we know, we talked about Harrison Barnes yesterday, not being a uh, pick-and-roll ball handler and not necessarily uh, getting the clearance from Rick Carlisle, does Wes Matthews have to up his offensive production like, I don't even know, he was a 17.2 usage last year. His standard is 19.8. Does he have to be around there or even higher and a much more uh, efficient player for this team to actually do anything? It does seem to largely hinge on him every single time we go back to this. You know what you are going to get relative or, I mean, uh, with a a plus or minus here and there, you relatively know what you're going to get out of Bogut on both ends of the floor. You pretty much can expect Dirk minus maybe like 5%. Uh, you pretty much mm-hmm. know what you're going to get from D-Will in the 60 games that he plays. You pretty much know what you're going to get out of uh, Berea coming off the bench, and he'll be, you know, lights out for uh, a 10-day period when he's starting. I think you could probably say the same thing out of Curry. I think you can it, – it's foolish to expect too much out of Justin Anderson, but you can expect some improvement and him to play more minutes. Same thing out of Salah. But when you get to Barnes and Matthews, 
you really have no idea. And that's why their mm-hmm. entire season pretty much hinges, outside of things like health, pretty much hinges on these two dudes. And with yep. Barnes, as we talked about, it's what can, he can handle uh, on a different team in a different system. And with Matthews, it's just are you going to have anything left uh, you know, halfway through the season? And I don't know. He might be another guy that they – if they could, that they I would like them to – you know, tell he's only going to play 65 games this year. I don't know if he's going to go for that. Right. Yeah, I don't think he he's the one of the most stubborn human beings uh, I've ever been around. But, okay, what's more likely to you that Barnes turns into a legit offensive option, either a, uh, you know, solid number, number three option, solid number two in some lineups that scores, you know, 15 to 17 points a night in an efficient manner, or Wes Matthews turns back into Wes Matthews. So Barnes at 15 points, mm-hmm. or Wes Matthews is like Wes Math- what he was. Yeah, he gets back to shooting 39% and 16 points a game with a 20% usage. That's a good one. So does Barnes take his step, or does Wes uh, turn back into 2014? It's a good one because I feel like they're probably um, equally likely. Yeah. The reason I think I'm going to go with Wes is because no matter even if he's healthy, no matter if he's shooting 39% and no matter if he has a little bit better um, or a little bit more, a higher usage rate and a more pronounced role in the offense, he's always going to kind of have to rely on other people to get him shots. Mm-hmm. If Barnes jumps up that much, it's going to be because he is now creating his own shot, and I really don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, there are a lot of layers to um, you know both of their seasons and how different they are from last year, and I think both of them, when you look at how, how each of them get better, you go, okay, um, you look at role and you look at production. Harrison Barnes has a new role, and he's going to have to up his production. Wes Matthews has the same exact role. He just has to get back to the production that he's done for five years prior to last year. Yeah, yeah. So I think it's I think it's more likely. I think the instability around Barnes um, and now knowing that he has uh, he's not going to get the the teacher's approval to run pick and roll uh, at all. Basically, um, I think that means some Wes Matthews ball handling, quite honestly, because you look at last year and how they got away with basically just letting West stand on the, on the corner um, was because Chandler Parsons was there. So you have a need for somebody to be the opposite side of Darren um, starter of an offense. And I see nobody else in that starting lineup um, outside of West Matthews that can do that. It's going to be just out of necessity that he has the ball in his hands uh, starting an offense or even driving at the basket or, you know, um, maybe even running a pick and roll. Like I have never been interested in Wes Matthews running a pick and roll, but uh, you're not going to have anyone else out there that can do it. So I think you're right. I think it's more likely that Wes bounces back or at least gets closer to the expectation I laid out than Harrison Barnes um, than Harrison Barnes will. So um, if we don't have anything else on Wes, we can uh, check out of here. All right, what's tomorrow? Tomorrow we will do, do – you? I don't know. What do you want to do? you want to do Seth Curry or do you want to do uh, Dirk? Let's do Seth. Okay. 
Cool. I got that a, sounds fun. I got a one-on-one with Seth um, the other day. A uh, really nice guy. And we'll, Did uh, you ask him about those lame-ass shoes? <laughs> no, I didn't. You, ro- you, ro- you roast him? <laughs> no, I didn't ask him about the Air Pam Beasleys. <laughs> <laughs> that his brother's rocking, but oh, uh, maybe no. next time. Maybe next time on Operation Real Friends Number Two with Seth Curry. But uh, <laughs> thank you for listening to the uh, Locked On Mavericks podcast. Please feel free to subscribe, give us a review. Um, it's the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team. It's every day. Uh, check out some of the other podcasts in the network as well. We'll be back with you uh, tomorrow, which is Friday. Thank you, Jake. Thank you, man. 